Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself. Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off the cost of subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. You deserve to be happy, right? It's possible for you actually to have someone that fits with you because, you know, I always quote Mary Oliver, right? What, what will you do with this one wild and precious life? This is it. This is one time around. Is this how you want it to go? Is this fair for everybody? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today, Katie Anthony is back with us. Yay, Yay. Katie. I wish I had the background, like I could hit that button and we had the applause and the fireworks going (laughs) off. I have to work on sound effects (laughs) because that's how I feel. It's wonderful always to have you back. I was just telling you, Kate, who has visited us a few times, the host of the Divorce Survival Guide, Divorce Coach Extraordinaire, um, all things communication, and and one of my good, 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 good friends, has been on the show a few times, and two of her episodes are in the top five. Your episode on your wonderful program, the Divorce Survival Program, um, is the number three three episode and your episode on how to have that talk, um, which is kind of the episode that comes after what we're going to talk about today, but that one is number four. So two of my top five episodes, Kate Anthony, let's move this one into the top five as well. So thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me, Susan. As always, I adore you and any chance to like just hang out with you is if we can't do it cooking in my kitchen, then I guess we're just going to have to do it doing podcasts. It's fine. <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. I just uh, had Dr. Elizabeth on the other day and said, basically, I just go through my mental Rolodex of topics and then come up with things so I can meet with you guys and have podcast episodes. And one exactly. of the, somebody said to me, it's actually just as an aside for my listeners, 
somebody said, you know, why don't you just get new people on each time you bring on some of the same people? And I'm like, because one of the, the big, huge bonuses of my fantastic friends and colleagues in this world is you guys aren't just one note. You know, you don't know just one thing about divorce. You guys are a wealth of information and expertise. And I think there's actually a great deal, and my my listeners always write in about this, they love hearing from people and getting to know the experts and really get to get that deep dive. And that's what we're going to do today. We are talking about your one of your areas of expertise, which is in that area of should I stay or should I go? Right. And you just re-released your um, online program, which is all brand new. And that's kind of what's occasioning this. But I really wanted to, to talk about it. We did an earlier episode on this. But first of all, I know your program's evolved. And that's one of yes. the things I think when we work with divorcing people all the time, something that I may have trained or taught or thought before is always informed and evolves over time as I get more experience and I work with more people. And I know you have the same experience. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I redid the program is that I just felt like I have evolved. One of my core values is about, you know, evolution and constantly learning and growing, right. And personal growth and, and, you know, and as I've worked with hundreds of women in thousands in my Facebook group and my listeners, right that I have learned more about what is really needed and wanted in the decision-making process. And I just wanted to really dig more deeply into those pockets. And it was a really long and dense and intense program. And I feel like at this juncture, people probably need a little bit more like specificity and less, just like a little bit more laser focus. Um, And so that's what I tried to do with revamping the program. And I do, I want to just highlight something that you were just saying, because I know, you know, one of the hallmarks of a really good professional is somebody who is never done learning, who never thinks they know it all and who is always looking to know more. And I happen to know you just took a really intensive domestic violence um, training, and you're actually taking our Mostyn Guthrie co-parenting specialist training we were just talking about. So you're a perfect example of what I tell people to look for in a professional is someone who is constantly looking for more tools, skills, strategies, and knowledge to help the people that they're working with. And that's exactly, that's exactly right. You know, as I went through this uh, 40-hour domestic violence advocacy training program, I I learned so much. I mean, I've been working around this for so long, you know, there's, I mean, a lot that I did know, but so much that I didn't know. And I, frankly, I was really tired of referring people to their local, their local advocacy, advocacy groups that are completely overrun and overwhelmed and, you know, don't have space. Like I, I was just like, all right, I need to be able to actually tell people what to do specifically. So that is why I did that. And so, yes, the, and the abuse section, there is an abuse section in the new program, obviously it is much more, I think it's a little bit more robust, sadly, because I have found over the, the three years since the program was first um, created that there's more of a need for that than I ever anticipated. I think that's one of the saddest things that um, I've discovered as an, as a practitioner, you know, I've always had a, a, because I lived in a 
place that was uh, relatively high net worth, uh, people are always like, oh, well, you never have dealt with a lot of domestic violence, Susan. You had all, you know, these uber wealthy people and celebrity types that, and I was like, oh, that's not oh, how so it works. <laughs> that is not how domestic violence works. Um, and in many cases, it's actually more insidious in those, those circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the money and the wealth and the celebrity to hide some of these behaviors or or get legally get things taken care of that um, or put aside that that perhaps shouldn't be put aside. So I know what a pervasive issue it is. I also happen to know as someone who teaches 40 hour training programs, ours is in mediation, just how long 40 hours is when you're diving into one topic. So 40 hours just on domestic violence. I want the listeners and other professionals out there who are listening to hear this. Most DV programs are six hours, maybe nine hours. Every once in a while, you find one that's 12. A 40-hour domestic violence advocacy program is intense and deep. That, there's a lot there. I personally want to take one myself and just found one so that I'll be taking one as well. But so much to know and not enough even in 40 hours, right? No, I mean, you know, and it's so it's so fascinating because you're so right. I mean, we did an hour. Like, I love the, the, the scheduling of this was that our second day was a Saturday morning at 8 a.m. We began with two hours on human trafficking. And I was like, oh my God, really? Because I think I'm going to need more coffee. I was just <laughs> like, going to say, that Jesus is not Christ. a topic for pre-coffee. No. no. Yeah. And then, and you know, and two hours is not enough. You could do 40 hours on You could do 40 hours traffic. on yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, the surprising fact of that is that it's the most, that the U.S. is the highest, has the highest rate of human trafficking in the entire world. And we think of human trafficking as a issue that happens in like, mostly like, you know, Asian countries, right? Like we have this this image of it. Nope. It's all here, all here. And why? Because there is a demand for it. Just says something right there about our society, our, our advanced society in the United States, right? This is making me think we will do an episode on domestic violence now that um, because I'd love to hear more and maybe we should do one on human trafficking. Um, But today I want to take people back because we know so many people out there who are listening are in the place of should I stay or should I go? And in fact, so one of the the stats I looked up and it was actually our friend Erin Levine who said this in her episode on DIY divorce the average person who asks their spouse for divorce or makes the decision to divorce has been thinking about it for up or on average four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Why, Kate? Why have they been thinking about it for four years? Well, mostly because they don't, nobody really, nobody wants to get divorced. <laughs> Right. right. And so they've been, they've been doing everything they can to try to avoid it. Right. And I don't think that they've actually, it's not that they've been thinking about it for four years. They have been actively trying to avoid it. They've been trying to make like anything else possible, whether it's going to individual therapy, whether it's doing couples therapy to try, really try to heal, whether it's in a lot of my uh, listeners and clients, it's turning themselves inside out to try to be enough for somebody who, for whom they will never be enough 
especially in cases of emotional abuse, right? It's a moving target. You, you will never, you will do the thing that they ask. And then that won't be enough because you're not doing this thing. And then like, right. Then, so you're constantly shifting because these things are so insidious because, you know, in cases of abuse, we don't want the relationship to end. We want the abuse to stop because if we're dealing with the cycle of violence, right, it takes someone in, a, in an abusive relationship up to seven times before they actually leave because leaving isn't the hard part. Staying gone is the hard part because part of the cycle of violence and that and it and includes emotional violence or financial violence is the love bombing phase where they promise right. it'll never happen again. Right. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. It'll never happen. again. It'll never happen again. And I'm so sorry. And you're right. And I'm trash and I'm I, I don't deserve you. Right. And so, I mean, there are a million reasons. And I think right. the primary reason is that nobody wants this. Right. You know, no, but people say like, so-and-so wants to get divorced or my wife wants to divorce me. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she would like this to have worked out. Right. Yes. Exactly. Nobody wants to get divorced. You've talked about those cases where we have some sort of abuse or we have that, that dynamic of abuse within the relationship. But I know you also see that other end of the spectrum. In fact, I think you just posted something recently on it where, you know, he's, he's not that bad or he's a good guy. You know, it's not, somebody (laughs) just said this, someone, a, a friend just said this to me the other day. Like it's, you know, it's not the greatest relationship in the world, but it's not that bad. What proportion of people do you see in that space? So many, so, so many. And, you know, I break it down a bit because very often women who come to me or are in my Facebook group and stuff who talk about this feel like he's fine. He's not like, you know, he's a good dad. He's a good guy. He's just like, I don't know. I'm just not in love with him. I don't have the feelings anymore and blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I do is say, okay, so tell me, you know, I'll have people say like, he's a really great dad. He just has a really bad temper. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So he yells at the kids a lot. So where is the bar, right? Where's the bar for he's a great dad. And for so many of us, it is so, so low. And it is so low because as a culture, we, we, you know, we don't expect we're like, if they play with them, then they're great. In my mind, if they're cheating on you, if they have a rage or temper problem, if they're destabilizing the foundation of the family, then is that a great dad? Is that really? Is that in your definition of what you're looking for, for your kids? Right. Exactly. So the first thing I do is dig under that and listen, very often we get under it and it's like, no, no, he is a great dad. He's a great, he's a great provider. He's a, a good human. He's right. Like all of the things I just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, not your human anymore, or exactly. maybe never was. Exactly. And maybe you chose him at a different time in your life, which, you know, we all do. Right. I mean, I, you know, I always ask the question, like, if you met him today, would you choose him? Would you marry him? Would you go on a date with him? You know, and nine times out of 10, they're like, ew, God, no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. You know, and then I think of people like you, if you met your husband today, would you go on a date with him? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I'd laugh a lot, which is exactly what hooked me the first time. Exactly. So. And you guys are still so like, so in love. And like, you've been together for how long now? Almost 20 years. 
and you've yeah. gone through raising triplets and, you know, step parenting and like all of the things. It's not like you guys have been on like this golden path, right? It has been riddled with, with stuff and you still actively choose each other every single day because you really, really like each other. Right. And you love each other. You love each other, but you really like each other too. So that's out there folks. If you're, if that's what you're looking for. So if you're, is that something you tell people to weigh an okay relationship again? Not mine in particular, but just is, is that something that you might want to consider? Well, I I sort of, we do talk about, you know, do do you like this person? Right. When they say like, I don't want to leave him because I love him. And I'm like, okay, tell me all the things you love about him, you know? And uh, you know, often it's like, um, <laughs> you know, like, all right, right. Cause these are the things that we've been trained and conditioned to say, as opposed to the things that we actually really feel, yeah. you know? And so, and if it's like, he's a really good guy and he's a genuinely great guy and I am just not like turned on by him, then I'm going to, we're going to get into, Okay. Is it because of your, like, what is your attachment, uh, you know, style? How are you, how were you conditioned from, from birth, from childhood to attach? Are you, you know, we're in high school. Were you dating all the, all the bad guys? Are you drawn to, are you more sort of emotionally drawn to and physically drawn to the people who are more standoffish? And here you have this lovely human who's giving you absolutely everything and you don't know where to put it. You don't have a slot for that because that's your work. So we're going to do your work first and we're going to look at healing that stuff and and those attachment wounds to determine whether this person actually there is a slot. We we can create a slot for that. And then sometimes it's like I not I really <laughs> I really can't. I've tried everything and I really can't. In that case I say to people, you deserve to be happy right? It's possible for you actually to have someone that fits with you because, you know, I always quote Mary Oliver, right? What, what will you do with this one wild and precious life? This is it. This is one time around. Is this how you want it to go? Is this fair for everybody? I was just going to say, don't they want that as well? Are, what are you giving them? That's exactly the other thing that I say. I say, he, you know, you don't want to break his heart, right? And, and I, and I'm speaking because I I work mostly with women, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to break his heart, but doesn't he deserve to be loved in the most genuine and passionate way? You keeping him in this marriage is keeping him from having that for himself. And if you really love him and you really care, then isn't the kindest thing to let him go so that he can find that too. I mean, that's a significant thought it can be hard to get across to the person that you're talking to when you're trying to tell them that you're being sure. kind to them by leaving them. But okay. you, you just mentioned that you work mostly with women mm-hmm. and we've talked about that. There are a variety of reasons for that, but we also know just statistically that the number when divorces are filed, it's usually filed by a woman or when the decision to get divorced is made, it's usually statistically just more often a woman in the relationship, and, and this would be heterosexual relationships. Why do you think that is? I know why I think it is, but I'm just curious why you think that is. Well, I think there are two reasons. I think yeah. one of them is is your reason too. Probably mine. Yeah. Is that <laughs> is that like 
we do all the fucking work. <laughs> we do all the fucking paperwork. Right. So, right. So it's like, well, you know, it's like we do all the labor. Right. So like he's not filing, even if he wants it. Right. He's not filing. He's not doing it. All right. I guess I'll just, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> yes, I got to do that too. I got to do that too. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of the women I work with are like, really, do I have to do that too? And I'm like, yeah. And this will be the last time. <laughs> like, just do at least it. for that person. At least, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it probably won't be the last time. I mean, if you have kids, you know, my, I have a, I have a teenager who's, you know, he's a junior in high school and we're doing the whole college thing. My ex has literally done zero, zero work, no research. He has not logged on to the you know, the sites he, I mean, all of like Naviance, which is the, I mean, yeah. like all right. None of it, none of it. He doesn't even know what it is. Right. So it will not be the last time. So that's one reason, right. We do all the work. The, and the other reason is I think that when I think that, well, first of all, marriage works, cis hetero marriage as an, as an institution serves men. Men, because of the fact that we do all the labor, because of the, the patriarchy and the way things are structured, they get everything they want and need. They're totally fine. They are happy with the way things are. If you're, you know, looking at your marriage and you're tired and you're exhausted and like, why are we, I have a, I have a whole, I have a module called, you know, why are women so exhausted Busted. in the new program, right? Because we do so much work you know, especially with, you know, cisgendered white men, generally speaking, there is a, there is a, an embedded entitlement that is cultural, right? This is not personal. This is cultural marriage. Cis hetero marriages work really well, work really well for men. It's they serve them. Even if it's two working people, you know, even if it's not an imbalance, right. It still, still really serves the man. You know, because of that, it means that women are doing, women are more exhausted. Marriage does not serve women as well. And you can see this in the rates of the remarriage rates. Men get remarried almost immediately, usually to someone younger because they just reset the clock, right? They just starting over, starting over, right? They're just right. And this position, they (laughs) rewind, right? Because like we have grown and outgrown them. And then they haven't really grown very much. And so they're not going to choose someone at the growth level that we're at now. They're going to go back. They're going to reset the clock, right? Men get married, remarried almost immediately and almost always. I think it's something like 65% of divorced women say they will never get married again. Yeah. Who just said that? Some some celebrity just, oh, Kaylee Cuoco, who <laughs> just said, I am never getting married again. And, I, and it just made me laugh because I have to tell you. Every female client I think I've ever had sat in my office at some point in time and laughed in my face when I said, now, when you remarry, let's talk about prenups <laughs> right, and, and like, things like it. They're like, not, not going to happen. Susan. Not going to happen. Right. Look at the structure of your relationship. What does he get out of it versus what do you get out of it? And they're like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, even stay at home moms, right? They get financially, you know, taken care of in the marriage, but outside, but beyond the marriage, they're completely screwed. They basically take care of everything in the house so that he can rise up and earn that money. Like if we were not home taking care of everything, they would not be able to be as successful as they are. They just wouldn't. And so we, they talk about sort of the nine to five, uh, the 40 hour work week, 
was completely based upon having a spouse at home, taking care of everything else. Right. right? And so when you've got two people working 40 hours, like everyone's exhausted by the end of the day, but who's usually doing the work, cooking, cleaning, homework. And I'm not going to say there, there are not men out there doing all of those things as well, but we are talking in norms. We're talking talking about societal. Yeah, that's right. So if you're a man listening to this and you're like, I do all that stuff. I'm amazing, amazing. And more amazing that you've actually, you are, you are sort of breaking down the, the norm, the gender norms and stereotypes, because it is really the, these are the, these are the statistics. There was a Pew research study done, I think in 2015, um, about with working parents and all the men were like, yeah, no, I totally 50, 50. And the women were like, are you kidding me? And these are, you know, and again, these are two working parents. And so they did the study and it was 80, 20. You just talked about my relationship with my husband. This has all been making me think just before you and I hopped on to do this call, I was going through my emails and there was an email from my husband forwarding an email with a bill payment in it that was click a button, input (laughs) a credit card and pay it. And he forwarded the email to me. It probably took him longer to type in my email address and the, would you please pay this? Then it would have taken him to click the button and pay the bill. And I was right. And that's just, I, I mean, it, it's even but it's the great guys, even the yes. guys that we think are stellar, like, yeah. like David, right? Like even yep. those guys, he's awesome. But trust me, folks, he this can't click a button and pay a bill. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So this is not about, you know, good guy, bad guy. This is, this is a cultural and systemic issue. And so, you know, to answer your question, you know, I think the reason that men, that women overall leave marriages is, and and there's a third reason, by the way. So we've got the, we've got the, we do the work. Um, We've got the men, you know, um, cis hetero marriages really serve the male in the, in the relationship. We also have the fact that overwhelmingly women consume more personal development than men do. And this is a horrible, again, a horrible statistic. Um, I actually don't have the actual statistic, but women are usually the ones reading the books, listening to the pod. And again, usually, generally speaking, reading the books, listening to the podcast, hiring the therapists hiring the coaches, working, you know, really doing the, st- the work to excavate this. And a lot of men uh, don't want to do the work. And, and again, this is not men's fault. This is because we've been raised in a society that says that, you know, men who do this work are, you know, are, are pussies or, you know, that men are not really allowed to have access to their feelings, you know, and if they have access to their feelings, they're, you know, they're pussies, they're, gay, they're like all of the things. Right. And so we still have this toxicity around this in our culture. Very often you will have a, a, a wife saying we need therapy and a man being like, I'm good. You want to go to therapy, go for it, but I'm not interested. You knew who I was when you married me. I'm still the same guy I was 20 years ago as if that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say no one's debating that. That is why we need to go to therapy. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for defining the issues. Exactly. Dr. Elizabeth, I just want to mention Dr. Elizabeth and I did an entire episode on toxic masculinity. 
Hello, listeners. It's Susan. You know, there's a reason why I have so many authors on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. It's because I believe reading is one of the best ways you can educate yourself on everything to expect and that you're going to go through on your journey through divorce and beyond. So go to the Beyond Reading page on the website to find some of my top recommendations, including the books from all of our authors. And you'll also find some books from some upcoming guests. So go check them out to help you on your journey through divorce and beyond. Stay tuned for more from Kate Anthony as we explore how you know it's actually over, finding out if you should stay or if you should go. But when when women are done, we're done. And there is nothing, there's really nothing that'll pull us back. And so it's very common. I see it all the time where men are suddenly like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'll do anything. You want to go to therapy? Like, hold on, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, I've been saying this for years. If you're enjoying this episode, check out last week's show with filmmaker Ginger Gentile, who shares her insights on parental alienation from her own experience and her impactful film, Erasing Family. This is incredibly tough. It's like mourning a child who's still alive, but there is hope. And having hope and fighting for your kid does not always mean staying in a court case or hiring more lawyers. And for many parents, you can still fight for your kid. You can still reconnect with your kid. And maybe the courts aren't available or they're not the best option. And now we return to today's show. I've had many male clients over my career, many of them really lovely guys who who are not you know, or who have struggled against these norms and gender, you know, stereotypes and all that, and really do find themselves in that position of trying to reach out for help, self-improvement, et cetera, and not benefiting by that. People, the society doesn't say, oh, good for you for trying to look inward, make changes and, you know, better your situation. So I do think we see that dynamic often of women doing a lot of work prior to the divorce in the should I stay or should I go phase and men starting to do the work when the woman's decided it's time to get divorced. And it's too late then. And that's the thing is that by that point, we have tried so hard and so hard and so hard. And, but when, when women are done, we're done and there is nothing, there's really nothing that'll pull us back. Um, And so it's very, um, it's very common. I see it all the time where men are suddenly like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'll do anything. You want to go to therapy? Like, hold on, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, I've been saying this for years. And they're always blindsided, by the way, always. And unfortunately, it should not be a shock to them, but they but they just haven't been able to hear it for whatever reason. By that point, it's too late. You know, what I encourage people who are in that position is men who are like, oh, wait, I'll do anything. Do it. Do it anyway. Don't do it just to get her back. Do it because there is work for you to be done. And it's it is horrible, gross painful, awful work. And the benefits on the other side are just unbelievable. And the life that is possible for you on the other side and the relationships that will be possible for you on the other side, including with your, with your ex-spouse, right? As a co-parent um, are amazing. And look, maybe 
someday down the road, you might win her back. You know, I have heard, I have heard stories, right? Sure. So, but do it for yourself because it's important. We all need to be doing this stuff. We all do. None of us gets by without trauma. None of us. I, I mean, the idea that none of us, or, or that once you've worked through a trauma or have done some work that you never need to do it again. It's kind of like what we talked about at the top of the episode with, um, you know, growing as a professional. Same thing applies, folks, to grow- to growing as human beings. Absolutely. The person that I am today in my 50s is a very <laughs> different person than the person I was in my 20s. I got married and divorced in my 30s. I met my current husband in my late 30s. I'm now in those same 50s. You know, I mean... We're we're continuing to grow and to change and to evolve. And, you know, as Mary Oliver said, you know, that one, we get one shot at this. And so the the should I go, should I stay or should I go is a it, there's value in that time and in that struggle for Absolutely. everyone. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I think. And and one thing that I know about your program and I know about you is that in the program, if that's where you are and, and, and you go to the program, there's value in going through the program, whichever way that it comes out, because it is not focused on fixing the relationship or ending the relationship. Kate, by the way, Kate Anthony does not have a vested interest in you ending your marriage. That's not not the point. Not at all. So if you're going to work out it out, but it is a program that's going to help you work on you. That's right. That's exactly right. Thank you for saying that, Susan. I, people say like, oh, you're pro-divorce. I'm like, no, I'm not. I am pro-healthy, happy relationships. And if you think I'm pro-divorce, then I'm obviously like triggering something in you. Right? You might need to do some work. There's probably um, like a power and control thing happening that I am disrupting that you're not happy about. At the end of the course, this new version of the program, I do have two tracks. Like, okay, if you're at this point and you're like, actually, I think I really want to save this. I have like a bunch of resources for you. And if you want to go, I have a bunch of resources for you. So you listen, it is absolutely up to you. and. And it does, you're right. It doesn't focus on the other so much as it focuses on your internal work because so many people, when they're asking the question, should I stay or should I go? They, they need strength. They need self-esteem. They need permission. They need inner nurturing. And so, so much of this program is about that, is about your own personal development to get to a place where you can actively not codependently and truly choose from your, your strongest and highest and most esteemed self. And that's what this is about, right? Because so much of, so many of us don't trust our decision-making process, right? And so, so the program essentially guides you into a place of being able to make a decision that you can trust and that you can really stand by and feel really confident and secure in. Either way. And the value of that, I really want to just drive this home for people because I have seen people sit across from my desk or sit at my conference table or zoom in on my Zoom screen these days. (laughs) But I have seen people who have not done the work, not done what you have said is grueling, difficult work in that should I stay or should I go phase, who just coast and then something will happen. I'm going to just usually say it's an affair 
or it's some sort of bad behavior there. And that will end the marriage. And yes, okay. You just achieved ultimately you've, you've now ended that relationship and you've done, done what needed to be done. You've just done it in the worst possible way for your life going forward. And you will always look back on the, should I stay or should I go? And I left, I left because I found the love of my life or whatever it was. You will never look back on it as what Kate just described as a decision you can trust and made, you know, by in, in your highest self and knowing that you're honoring yourself and your partner to the best of your ability. There's nothing about ending a relationship in all the bad ways. And I, I use an affair, but I've seen people end relationships in all different kinds of horrible ways. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, this program and this time in your life is a gift in some ways in that you can invest the time to know that when you make that decision, you're making it for all the right reasons and in the best way possible, having done the work that needs to be done to make it that way. That's a gift. Absolutely. Like making it with integrity, right? Rather than blowing it up, right? It it really is. Yes. It's making the choice with integrity as opposed to, as you said, you know, and the blowing up, the blowing up thing is often very unconscious, right? We're not looking to like blow it up and right. But like, really, that's what you're, that's kind of what we're looking to do. We're like, I don't have the strength. I don't have the self-esteem. I don't have the courage to go through and have the, have the conversation that I really know I need to have. Um, so I'm just going to kind of do this thing over here. And, you know, I've seen it and I'm sure you have too, hundreds of times happen to leave my computer screen open with like the chats. I mean, how many people have been, have had their affairs busted because they, you know, unconsciously chose to leave the chat open on the, on a shared computer or, you know, whatever. Right. And, you know, I think that is a choice that is a choice, but it is not one that I think that again, as you said, Susan, looking back in the future, you're going to look back on this and be like, I did that with integrity. You're going to feel bad about it. And it's going to color your future. Mm -hmm. You you know, I'm all about divorce and beyond. I'm all about the and beyond, but I want your and beyond to be the best it can possibly be. And you are starting several feet back. If you are starting without having, having done that work and making that choice with integrity. And I think that's, I love that you use that word because it's exactly the right word and it's exactly the point of your program. That's right. right. It is. Yeah. It's it's there to help people go through this extremely difficult time period of of choice and work and decision making and growth and you know all the things that you need to do but it's there to help you do it so that when you look back you can say I handled that with integrity. I'm moving forward in the best way possible and then you set the foundation for your beyond with that, that foundation. And it's just, that is, I'll say it again. It's the gift to yourself, but it's the gift to your ex spouse, your former spouse. And most importantly, it's the gift to your children. That's right. It it truly is. It absolutely is. And, you know, the other thing we talk about all the time is our, the statistics about, you know, second marriages and third marriages, that the divorce rate is higher 
for second marriages and third marriages. It just gets worse. It's 68%. I mean, last time we checked, I don't know, 67, 68% for second marriages and then 73, 74% for, for third marriages. marriages. So it gets worse. And the reason that it, that I believe it gets worse is that people are not doing this work and standing in integrity and really digging in and, and, and taking the opportunity to grow through this very difficult decision. Because if you're just like, oh, you know, it's his fault or it's her fault and they're the asshole and you toss them out, you're going to use the same picker <laughs> to pick oh, yeah. the same kind of person. That's our friend, Bella. You got to fix Bella, your picker. Your picker. That's right. So it's a very, um, and it's, and it's real. It is a hundred percent real. So, yeah, I mean, um, as the, as the divorce rate shows, well, and I, I've seen it. I mean, again, I, I, one of the, I guess, benefits of having practice for such a long time is I've had the opportunity to see clients cycle through more than one marriage. I have one person who I've handled four divorces for that person um, because I've been out this long enough um, and he keeps trying, God bless him. Uh, but what he's not done is, is done that work. Um, and, and so he continues to marry the same person, but younger each time he gets married. Um, but they're very similar uh, people That's- that he's attracted to. People have types, but any, anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, but it's but a- I- and it's really interesting, right? And I, I love the fact that he actually keeps coming back to you. Like he has no shame about oh, it. Right? Yeah, no. He's I'm I'm on his speed dial. <laughs> he's like, oh well, I did it again. <laughs> That's like when my mom quit smoking and she kept going to, I think it was the American uh Cancer Society. And when she went in, it was like in the 80s, and she went in like the fourth or fifth time, and the person said, You again? And she was yeah. like, Okay, I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back. And that was the end that that was when she finally quit smoking because <laughs> it was the embar- embarrassment, the public thing. shaming. Yes. Yeah, so- public shaming. <laughs> she was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> well, we don't want you all to be in that position of, of public shaming. I want people actually, if you, if you are out there in that situation of, should I stay? Should I go? If you're wondering if your relationship is viable or you're just in a marriage even, I would say, it doesn't have to be, should I stay or should I go? I would suggest that the program is helpful even if you're just like, my marriage is meh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my relationship God. is eh. Right. And because I also think that some of these systemic issues when we when we surface them, right? This module on you know why are women so exhausted? I think we surface those problems and we bring them to our spouse and say these are the statistics and this is actually how I'm feeling, right? Because we're so exhausted, we don't know why. We're like, what is going on? And if we don't talk about them in healthy ways, then you know we're like, like there's an opportunity for healing and growth here as well as moving away. Yeah, for sure. If you don't yes. talk about your feelings, they're going to come out sideways. That's so right. this, this will give you a, you know, it, it, I just, I recommend everybody look into it, but I, we haven't told people how to find the program. How, how do they oh find your program? Goodness. Thank you, Susan. How could we forget? They go to my website, which is kateanthony.com and they click on the button that says, should I stay? And uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, I assume, of but um, it's kateanthony.com slash should I stay with hyphens between each one, but it's really obvious on my site. And on the site, you can find Contact Kate. You can find the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. 
all kinds of resources. Your other program that I just referenced, the Divorce Survival Program, program which is kind of the one that comes after you decide you should go. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's the one that walks you through all the things you need to know uh, about how to do it once it's once you've made the decision. And of course, Susan is one of my favorite guest experts in that. And so, yes, my website is full of all of the things. Absolutely. Thank you. And follow her on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide and um, your Facebook group. Yes. My Facebook group is should I stay or should I go on Facebook? If you just put that in the search bar on Facebook, you will find it. There is a screening process. It is a very rigorously moderated and, you know, people say it's like one of the safest and best divorce groups um, on Facebook because we do moderate it. Um, We have rules. It's very, it's strict. So if you are interested in joining, make sure you answer every one of the screening questions or you will not be admitted. And that's just the way that we keep it safe. We're not trying to be, you know, assholes about it, but it's, it's, that's how we keep it safe. Um, Cause we've had, you know, people try to get in <laughs> that shouldn't for, be there. for the wrong reasons, for right? all the wrong and, reasons. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and my listeners know one of the things, you know, there's a difference between finding a community online that's just going to help you stay stuck where you are and a community that's going to help you grow. And you, you can grow within a curated community like Kate's where she and her monitors really stay on top of things to make sure that it doesn't just become a downward spiral of people reinforcing the negative. That's Um, right. There's a great deal of help there. We don't allow X bashing. We don't allow venting. People are like, I just want to vent. It, no, it's not. That is not helpful or useful. Um, so we want questions. We want specifics. What are you looking for in this post? What do you What do you need in this post? And Facebook has been rolling out very slowly the option to um, post anonymously. And we just got that feature, which is wonderful because people are able to, you know, they feel a little bit safer um, about telling their stories and asking their questions. So, right. Because yep. we do need to be careful on social media That's as right. well. So, yep, we Kate, yep. as always, that just flew by. Believe it or not, we've been talking for over 45 minutes. It's going to be another wonderful episode. Um, And for everyone, I will link to all of Kate's episodes. I think we have five or six episodes together now, plus a few that I've done on the Divorce Survival Guide with Kate. We've even done some fun crossover episodes. So, and stay tuned because we'll do an Instagram live soon as well. So another opportunity. Actually, if you're out there and listening and there's something you want Kate and I to talk about, send us an email, divorceandbeyondpod at gmail.com or kate at kateanthony.com and let us know what you want to hear about. We'll we'll get together and talk. As you can see, we have no problem talking when we're together. <laughs> so hopefully it's helpful to you all. As you all know, I adore Kate and I, I just, I love what she puts out there f- to help and support all of you. Um, I highly recommend that you reach out to her on her website and her resources um, because you're not going to find a better source of help out there than Kate. I adore you. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for having me. You are, you know, I adore, you know, I adore you. I adore you. I love talking the to you. The love fest. Yes, <laughs> it is. But we'll come up with another good episode for you all soon. Thanks so much, Kate. Thanks, Susan. 
Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.